Welcome to Reads with Rossa. It is my honor to introduce to you educator and author Vincent Johnson, but he is better known to everyone as Wordsworth, legendary Brooklyn MC and Lyricist Lounge alum. Hey, Words, how are you? What's up, Rosa? Yay, very good. <laughs> right on. Yes. Um, I know, you know, honestly, I think people are probably thinking I'm a bit crazy and stuff because I'm really emphasizing the fact that it's Rosa, not Rosa, you know? Yeah, that's your tagline. That's your tagline. Right <laughs> that's the tagline. Um, so how are things in Florida, like um, pandemic-wise? How are you guys holding up out there? Um, we're doing pretty good down here. Um, you know, there's still some people that it's so divided in certain aspects because they've made this health issue a political thing as opposed to just, um, you know, listening for safety concerns. So sometimes it can be kind of just kind of like eye opening to be like, okay, common sense, where does common sense come into play at? You know, because the same people that won't wear a mask into the store, but then when they go to their job, they know they got to put the mask on, you know? So it's like, <laughs> okay, you, so, you know, you respect to do it because you're getting paid here, but you don't respect the public safety. So you're not going to wear here. So that's kind of like um, idiotic to me. And, um, but other than that, it's been cool. It's not um, as hectic as it was in a lot of the other states um, and in, in city by city, it's coming down as well. I think it was a little kind of um, jaw dropping to see the beaches opening up for spring break. Right, spring I break. I was going to say, because I watched the news and I was like, oh my, like, OMG, man. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy down here for that. So um, I definitely have the beach by me and it's, it's insane um, to go out there with the spring break and flights were so cheap that people booked them so far ahead of time. And things like that. So that's that's some of the angst and things that's kind of wild about it. But you know, then I then I think like those are like college kids, and mm -hmm. you know, they're gonna some are gonna follow. But I mean, I I kind of always gotta be as a teacher, as a person, try to make sure I put myself in those shoes. When I was that age, I would probably be thinking that was probably you, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like you were like right up there. <laughs> It ain't gonna happen to us out here, you know. Like, I'm going, I'm going. I wear my mask, and if you drop your mask, I'll forget that mask, you know. Like, yeah, it's just being young, and like, and then um, also seeing and hearing that them being at that age, it doesn't really affect them. I'm sure that gives them a false sense of security. So, but mm. overall, that's kind of the climate down here. So, I'm in the classroom, and um, I wear my mask every day in the classroom, and I just try to be cautious and. And I think that's all you can really be. Yeah, hard out. Um, what's the situation with uh, vaccines? Because I see that, um, like, a lot of my teacher friends in the U.S., they're saying they're getting the vaccines. I mean, is it, are you guys, like, high priority right now? Like, have you had the vaccine or not really? Not really a yeah, priority? We're, we're high priority. We're high priority. And then also now you can be uh, 40 and older can mm. get it. So anybody 40 and older can get it. I've gotten the vaccine. I got it like a little while ago. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I figured better safe than sorry. I've had friends that have passed from it. I've had mm. um, my wife's best friend dealt with it and, and mm. had her, her mom actually passed from it too. 
So it's, mm. yeah, they were simultaneously in the hospital at the same time doing it. Mm. So it was one of those things of, do I want to test test this thing out and, and, right, and right. get it, you know, or try to be as precaution, precautious as possible. Um, so I, I dealt with doing it that way. So, yeah, you know, and then being around some of my elders, like my in-laws and things like mm. that my kids but it is a it is a heavy burden to come home from school after you like you know enclosed in the classroom with with uh kids that may have it and kids that right because you don't know where the families you know that's the thing right like as educators you don't know like you're in there every day but you don't know like where families have been like over the weekend you know especially the weekends right you don't know what people are doing they might be saying that they're like physically distancing and they're not going out, but you kind of yeah. never really know. And then you so get alerts, you know, we get alerts like, um, you know, I would say sometimes, you know, weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, maybe every few weeks in that somebody's been on your campus that had COVID-19 and their kids are quarantined out your classroom mm. and stuff like that. So, um, it's, a, it's just one of those rides that you just got to kind of do your best and hope for your best on this ride. And then mm. at the end of the ride, everybody just gets off safely. Crazy, man. So, um, you know, a big part of me, uh, me, you know, reaching out to you to come on here, uh, come on the show was just to really uh, just highlight some of the amazing things that you're doing with your students in the classroom. I mean, I know everyone knows Wordsworth, you know, the, MC, legendary Brooklyn MC, um, and, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews uh, where you talk a lot about your music and that process, um, but I think um, not enough recognition is given to just the impact that you're having, um, you know, on your students, uh, on these young people in the classroom, and just the, the, the program that you've got running there at your school. So um, you're a middle school teacher, and yeah. how long have you been teaching for? Uh, this will be six years. So I'm a middle school teacher. I teach TV production, film production, and music production. And the class is is integrated with six, seven, and eight all together. Mm -hmm. So um, it's cool because it's kind of it's kind of when you think of that classroom, it's kind of like Montessori approach. Right, so, right. You know, because you'll have sixth graders working with eighth graders, mm -hmm. and then you'll see uh, the confidence levels shifting in different aspects. So. Uh, a sixth grader is, you know, sometimes comes in just super excited what's going on and because they have the security of the eighth grader to guide them. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have a sixth grader with an idea and then the eighth grader wants to support the sixth grader or mm -hmm. seventh grader because they're older. So they like feel like a sibling, like, okay, what do you want to do? Let me help you because they're, they're starting to become a little more, um, mm -hmm. you know, young adults. So now they kind of take on that supervisory, supervisory role and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So um, it's a cool mesh in the classroom because you get a lot of collaboration, mm -hmm. ideas are flowing from different levels. And then it kind of preps the kids that are in my six, that are sixth graders in the film one, TV one and music one to be in um, film two and music two the next year, right. because now they've been through the kind of the grind and right. everything. So honing their like leadership skills, right? So that they can. Yeah, and you see a lot of independence break out of that too. Mm. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. That's awesome. And so um, in terms of like with COVID now, with the pandemic, um, you know, TV production, like how has that impacted 
the actual learning i mean especially for you right you're doing music um like film production how has that impacted the actual learning and collaboration in the classroom yeah so what i had to do because we use ipads mm-hmm. in the classroom so i had when we first started i, I had to change up the whole curriculum in, in some regards because of you know touching and being around each other and with filming mm-hmm. and you know it deals with uh, us all collaborating working together in some shape form or fashion i usually do group projects for a majority mm-hmm. of the projects so what I what I normally do with the iPads is every class I clean the iPads before I hand them out every class. So every time we switch over, I gotta spray them down, I wipe them down, and I hand the iPads out. Um, and then also um, we used to do like um, school news. You would have two people sitting there as anchors. Now and you can have one person as an anchor. Right, right. Um, then I have one person sitting there at the editing bay, and you know somebody to teleprompter is over here and it just it's just such a individual thing so it's a lot of individuality occurring as opposed to um other kids being able to stand by another kid sometimes and just like look and see things kind of like all right y'all can watch but you got to step back a few feet and look so it's changed it up a little bit so when we first started it was definitely uh trying and an issue i had to skip some things but then um during the next semester came around, I was able to kind of like say, okay, this is what I did before. Because a lot of the kids that were home couldn't do a lot of the things I wanted them to do. Oh yeah, right. Because are you guys doing like um, hybrid learning, right? Right. So So, how does it even work with your subject area? Like that was super difficult. Yeah, I would just, I would have to, you know, switch it up for, for certain kids or find programs on their Chromebooks that will work Mm -hmm. or say, okay, you have a camera on your Chromebook. There's no reason why you can't film yourself and do your projects and things like that. Um, Then fortunately, recently we got a program called Soundtrap. So we're like part of this pilot program for Soundtrap, which is uh, music and it has a a DAW, which is a a DAW, D-A-W, which is a digital audio workstation, right? So it's in the computer now. So for those that want to not have to use the iPads, you can actually just go on your Chromebook and now make beats. So that that helps kind of that aspect of it. And it helps me as far as when it's uh, switching classes, because now there's a class that likes to use iPads. And then I'll have people that only on their Chromebooks. Gives me time to clean up those during planning and so on and so forth. Um, But, you know, and then the kids at home. They were having issues. I was trying to find like programs for them to make beats, but now they got um, a way to make beats. So it's been so, it's been working out. And are you zooming? I mean, like obviously, oh, yes. Chromebook, yeah. Are you? Oh, Google, so you've got that going on in the classroom as yeah. well as moving in and out, talking to different groups, but then trying to man <laughs> multitasking you know, I, yeah i have i have my room hooked up in a way too that um what i have an apple tv in my room so what oh, i yeah. do is if if i'm explaining something i can have one kid take a ipad filming filming and then it's on the board so the oh, kids perfect yeah so the kids at home can actually watch what i'm doing in another part of the room Right, right. Or, or simply, I can just take my my um computer, which is mm. has a camera and everything, and I just move it to the section. So mm. when 
you know, I try to keep them engaged. If somebody's in the booth and vocal in some songs, mm -hmm. I'll take the computer and aim it at the booth and stuff like that. And then, you know, the kids in the booth with mask on, you know, that's another thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when they're doing songs, it's mask on and mask on everything. Um, so just like taking precautions and right. my class is a lot of interaction and fun. So I've just mm -hmm. been trying to like make sure that I, I can kind of at some level maintain that, that same enjoyment. Sounds hectic as man. I, I mean, are the kids enjoying it? I mean, obviously there's restrictions. You've got to wipe things down and do all of that one at a time. But are they coping okay with that situation? You know, the different like the whole physically distancing and still trying to get the work done. Yeah, I think what's helped them. Here's the thing with my class. My class in general, um, it probably applies to all classes. But in my class in general, when we're doing a TV show or filming or making music, you're literally walking into class with actually nothing, right? right? Like you're literally walking in, only all I do is give you a device. So my my job is how do I bring out what's up here? This is the only paper you have really, you know, this is the only thing is mm -hmm. here. So I can't read your mind. So I have to help you convert it from there to some paper, or typing it or whatever, and then making you see it. So the the way that keeps them engaged is the process. Mm -hmm. So once they, if they follow the process and they see their mm -hmm. classmates following the process and they start seeing their classmates get the idea, writing the idea and the shot list down and then going to film and filming stuff and bringing it back, editing, and then they start seeing it, then it's like, oh you know then it keeps everybody engaged like oh i need to finish mine i need to do this i want to do this next right, but right. i think the difficulty that we have with kids which is why um sometimes it's hard with reading is because the the process to envision is very difficult so people that read a lot they're able to envision more because there's no pictures mm -hmm. and then so their curiosity is higher too so uh, i typically find that kids that ask more questions typically have read often because the books don't have pictures a lot of times. So the curiosity is every page. So now they're curious thinkers. Um, and then kids that don't read that often sometimes are kind of at bay because they don't know what questions to ask or they don't really infer as much because they haven't had the experience of um, lighting their curiosity so often. So once they start writing their ideas down and you have to have a process with me you can't you can't skip it you can't skip the writing you gotta write you gotta i gotta know the idea so once they start seeing that the process works and they start filming and putting it together i think they start to value why reading and writing is important right i'm glad you explained that because i was actually going that was my next question um you know this idea of all teachers are language teachers, right? There's uh, usually people like, oh, if you're an English teacher, if you're a language teacher, it's your job. This, the, the sole responsibility is on you. But um, no, in this day and age, you know, everyone, regardless of the curriculum area that you're in, so I'm, I'm so glad that you kind of explained it because I was going to ask, you know, what strategies, literacy strategies are you using? Like, obviously, you're doing film, music, and TV production, but, uh, you know, that that's your area. But I was just curious about how you were kind of like um, putting in like literacy strategies to help develop the reading and the writing of kids. 
But I mean, you've said, you know, there's a process there. Yeah, um, it's, it's important. It's very important yeah. because, um, you know, I'm just trying to show them how to organize their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to have some, and that deals with logic. You know, um, if you're filming something, you know, a different angle. Also, the, the main thing that I, I try to express to them is like, if you're working in a group and you're absent, what you wrote, can you leave it to the person that's there to complete the project? So if you can't do that, then what you wrote isn't good enough. Or the way you described it isn't good enough. So it's basically, you know, my term that I use is grocery shopping. Can you leave the list for the person to go shopping and bring back everything that you wanted? If your shopping list is not detailed enough for them to go shopping and bring it back, then your shot list for filming is not good enough because some kids are absent. So when you're working in a group and kids are absent, then they get kind of like, I don't know, uh, such and such left the list here. I don't know what they said. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. You can starve. <laughs> you know, right? So that's, that's what I tell them. So I tell them like, you know, so I, that's what I do. That's what I look for when I'm reading it. Okay, mm-hmm. if I read this, can I see that's next? That's next. So logically, does that make make sense? So it's really trying to keep them understanding, like, you know, if you deal with text structure, that would be like sequence, you know, or mm-hmm. if it's something filmed in chronological order, um, right, right. things like that. I would suggest every teacher, like, I have a reading certification too. So um, I taught reading first, I taught reading and TV first before I got film and music happening. Mm-hmm. But the reading strategies and the reading, the respect for teaching reading uh, embedded in me um, holds me accountable to actually put that as part of the program. Nice. Um, so your students, like you have actually entered them into competitions before, right? Where, yeah. you've, where they've submitted um, some work. Can you speak to that? Yeah, actually the due date this year is april 7th so we've been it's been like crunch time like who got this you got this done you know and then we can only enter three into each category so it's called a lee county tv and film um competition Mm -hmm. so um so you have animation you have animation uh promo video which is like um a movie trailer or commercial you make you have short film, you have comedy, you have uh, PSA, regular like PSA about whatever. Then you have PSA norms, which deals with um, drugs only. So vaping, alcohol, um, cigarettes, like that. Um, and then you also have documentary. You have documentary, and I believe that's about seven categories there. Yeah, I believe that's it. I may be missing one. Um, so we 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 aim to you know enter in those contests the the previous one the last one we were nominated for for nine awards and we submitted 11 nominated for nine and won five so it's pretty good pretty good to win five awards um out of just that that short amount of categories you know um so this year we, we're just hoping for the best. We got some some cool stuff done. So we've been submitting them. Um, I have like, so like up until 
the seventh, I pretty much in class every day, like, okay, these are the slots open. This is what we got open. Well, yeah, what you got? You got something? You got something? You know, and, and I've been trying to just gear up for that, trying to fill as many slots as possible. Comedy has been like the hardest one to try to do because what kids find funny sometimes, you know, it's not <laughs> appropriate, you know. <laughs> I don't have any comedy, you know. That one is kind of like difficult. Or oh, the other one, the other thing is instructional. So I got kids that's like, cooking and baking and showing people how right. to like, that's so cool that's yeah, awesome got some real cool uh instructional videos yeah. um so documentary got a um a student that's on a chair team uh mm -hmm. we got two other students that's doing um the a film called the academic pandemic you know and <laughs> so yeah nice. so it's it's cool to see uh, then when I played those videos, cause I got different classes, but then I played some videos from other classes and mm -hmm. showed them what's going on. Then they're like, oh, wow. Because, you know, kids being in their class, even though we teach other classes, right. they have no idea that other kids do work. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they just hang out in there and, yeah. you know, play they, around with the iPad. <laughs> right, like I'm here. I'm not getting my stuff that done. Yeah. Like, I'm sure every class is like that. Then I play right, something right. from the class and they sit there and they go, that's good. That's good. And I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you could do as good as that too. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So right. that's what's been kind of cool, having examples from prior years. So now I'm building up a catalog of previous things that I can show, which lets them go, oh, that's what's the name. That's what's the name. Oh, snap. Wow, I didn't know they could do that. And so I got videos like we got uh you know rap videos we got all, oh that's the other category music videos so we got right, rap right. videos and so it's, it's just uh it's it's a it's a fun time and and i think that um kids like when there's a little competition involved so right. that's what that's about and that's awesome do you remember your first day of teaching uh you've been I teaching do. six I years now I do. and what was your first day of teaching like um, I, this was just, you know, kids would come in, try to make sure I was polite, just kind of like observing the behaviors of, okay, who's going to be respectful, who's, who's kind of trying to test where I am with, with where I am with my behavior, you know, cause they're trying to gauge us too. Right, um, right. and then I was teaching a, a book called Inside. So, you know, I was a reading teacher first, so, uh, teaching Inside. So, making sure everybody had the book or they had it on their, on their computers. And then the kids with computers got, they try to find video games while you're up there trying to teach that. Uh, so I really wasn't concerned. I believe like having those professional developments, those PDs, you know, and, and teaching is so many acronyms, it's out of control. Uh, so having like, <laughs> your PD, you know, oh my goodness. So, having the professional development prior that cine week which you know where it's like you uh before you go to school so school starts in august so we're there like mid-july or end of july like of two yeah. weeks before school the starts orientation type yeah, thing yeah like orientation type thing exactly and then um so that builds your confidence a little bit and then that also you're planning with the reading team so you got the mm -hmm. uh, reading coach and the reading team and y'all are all aligned up as far as curriculum and things. So you know what you're going in to teach. So having that game plan going in helps it a lot because you can kind of say, okay, this is what we're doing within this hour. 
So those lesson plans and, and things like that and having a, you know, that reading team, uh, that year I had a, my reading team was uh, Mr. Harney. Um, so Coach Harney, he's still, he's still there. And, you know, he just helped, guided the team. We all stayed on track and that's where it went to. Interesting. Um, how, how do you think your students would describe you as a teacher? What do you think they would say? Like, are you like, are you like the cool teacher or nah? <laughs> I mean, are you like the strict teacher? Like, what would they say, do you reckon? I think, I think it's, it's going to be a majority cool because like, um, I relate to a lot of the things they've done, they've done or they do currently. Right. I'm into a lot of the music they're into. So when they come in, they say artists, I'm, I'm, I'm asking who's that. And then I'm, so I'm, I think because the basis I'm inquiring about what they like and do, it builds a better bond. So I'm not like you walking with headphones. I'm not like, yo, take your headphones off. I'm more like what you're listening to. And they tell me what they're listening to. And I'm like, oh, let me check that out. Then I'll play like the instrumental in class. And I'll be like, oh, it's kind of fire, you know, or whatever. Right. Then my lingo is like, oh, this is fire, you know, or like this is right. dope, whatever. So them seeing that I understand where they're coming from, um, I think helps also for them to listen to me when I'm saying certain things about how there's a balance in the, in the world. So I'm like, you know, I'm in here and I love everything y'all do. And I do a lot of your things y'all do, but then you got to be able to switch when it's a job interview. I can't talk like this. So I think me showing them that I can relate to what they do and how they act outside. And, you know, I'll even be giving them examples like, yeah, I'm in here. And, you know, I'm going to talk to you guys so it's easy to understand. But then when I leave, I'm outside like, what's going on? What's good with you? What's happening? You know, <laughs> I can't fathom that I do that. But I showed them like, yeah, you know, I talk regular like this too with my friends. Um, yeah. And then my oldest has had student st students that I had in her class. Wow. So, so they describe, they actually either imitate me to her. They'd be like, your dad be like, boom. So we're going to do this. And then it's the actor in you, right? It's the whole actor. Like <laughs> I just try to, you know, what it is, is I try to make sure I, I give a balance. And I mm. think that's very key for me. You know, it's like, ah, um, you know, I don't tolerate nonsense, you know, and the kids know that. But I, I explain why. Like, I'm not just going to be like, hey, don't do that. You know, I, I'll give you like a little story about it. Like, nah, no, you don't want to do that right there. You're going to do that. That's what this happens here. I remember when I was doing this and I think that helps them understand as opposed to just saying, don't do that, you know, right. or stuff like that. So I, I like to explain. And I think right. that's that's very key in those situations in which um, it allows the kids to bond with me. And then the other thing is the kids Google me. They Google all the teachers now. If you're a yeah, teacher, yeah. you can't Google. You know what I'm saying? Te they Google every teacher. So most of them know I'm a rapper ahead of time. But I never bring it up. I don't I don't even bring it up. And they bring it up, you know, or they know that they see my classroom how I was designed. They might notice it be like, I heard your rapper. I'd be like, yeah, I did, you know, do it. But I, I'm never like, um, just like promoting it heavy because I need to build a bond with you just off the basis of you wanting to be inspired to learn. Now, if you show me you want to learn, then I can say, all right, cool. So you in the rap, let me show you how to do this. But if, mm -hmm. if I bond with you on some music stuff, then you kind of like going to ask so many questions about music to me. So I've seen that occur, you know, now it's like, 
oh, so, oh, so I heard you're a famous skier. So now you're like, <laughs> so let's read chapter this and that. They raise their hand, got nothing to do with the question. Right. So mister, uh, how often do you ski? It's like, okay, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, focus, focus. The focus is totally different. So I try to find a balance with them and say, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to y'all about all that. If if we right. get this done, let's do this. And then by the time the bell rings, they forgot all about the other part because they don't. Yeah. You know how that happens. So. And, and what a pro. I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about, um, like, outside of, I'm going to get to uh, music in a bit, but outside of music mm-hmm. and teaching, you know, we talk about, like, self-care as educators, like, what hobbies do you have for example are you like secretly a golf player or do you play people or are you into diy gardening i mean what what do you do outside of music um and teaching like for self-care purposes right yeah i mean i i used to play basketball here and there um but i haven't gone out to play basketball that often and then maybe because i've heard a lot of horror stories to people at my age now (laughs) Yeah, be like ambulance can we just call this guy an yeah. ambulance still, still thinking they could do it in parent MCLs, mcls out there I'm, uh, uh, i don't know if i want to be that person yet right. I, i'm up here gauging it do i want to play in may and, june, and then something happened and then my whole summer i'm sitting up in the cab yeah. i'm gauging it like that you know like okay <laughs> Do I want to play here? And then I'm asking all this time. I can't risk it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that stage of it now. But, um, you know, I, I like to play basketball. Yeah, I right. love to play basketball. Uh, but for the most part, I really just, I'm a thinker for the most part and just trying to, like, you know, figure out how to use my my, my skills all the time. So, like, literally right here is a, my setup. I got my mic right next to me and everything, you know, the microphone is right here and, and recording and doing music. So I think trying to maintain that passion in the, in the literary aspect for me is, is the best thing I do. Mm. And and then just like watching movies and sitting with the family around, that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. So trying to, you know, have a laptop on my lap at the same time, listen to the TV at one at the same time. So just trying to just do that balance, but I don't really, um, it is no like real jogging and things like that happening like that. It's really a lot more just what other literary things can I do to um or fulfill with mm-hmm. with my skills, you know. So looking at like a Tyler Perry, you see he writes every show script, you know, and yeah, right. it's insane type of stuff. Like I have to make sure I'm doing as much as I can, but as much as um also as much as i want to sometimes it's fine to do what you want to too so because you can beat yourself up mentally so i just try to make sure i feel secure in my balance of what i'm doing and um mm-hmm. i enjoy writing books and doing writing stuff that can hopefully become tv shows and right. all these other things so that's that's my that's my exercise really i just like to think how much longer do you think you'll be a teacher i mean and like uh, not ask it like that, but do you how many more years do you I mean yeah, do you I see, see I see me riding this out until like I guess a retirement age, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like as long as I'm doing other things, I think I don't mind teaching. 
And mm-hmm. that's been very key for me to be a teacher is that I, I have that balance of once I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. Right. You know, I got to make sure that the amount of energy I put into working for somebody else and with somebody else, I need to either equal that or put in more. So if I'm not putting in more for myself, then I don't like the job. Mm. That's how I have to live because what happens is being a teacher, you can lose yourself in, in the job and you're off the clock doing work. And I don't, I don't, I, I tend to try my best to avoid that at all costs, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have instances of me coming home and I have a whole bunch of things to do. I, I avoid that at all costs. The, only, the most that I've done recently coming home is like uploading the kids videos for the contest. That's right. it. Other than that, like, you know, put in Google classroom, I get to it. I look at it, write a hundred comment, send it back to you, call it a day. But like, you know, we do other things, right? We're teachers, but like you said, teachers are people. Right. And there's other things you want to do, but you have to really say, I can't work as work hard for this and not work hard for myself. And I and I really right. think that's important. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit because, um, you know, the, uh, the statistic of like 2% black male educators, right? Yeah. Um, and so do you, are there other like, um, like black teachers at your school or teachers of color? I mean, what's the like student ratio? like? It's actually, I would say, if I, I don't want to forget anybody, one, two, three, four, five. I believe it's five, it's six of us, six. Out Just of maybe, six? Yeah, I think six out of actually seven, seven. I'm trying to think of all of them. I would say seven. Mm. I had to think of it. I think it's seven of us there at the school out of, we're talking about 90, mm. maybe. Um, so, yeah, it can be problematic as far as having examples, you know, right. and, and it's really, I would say, more so. Um, it seems like, of course, this it just seems like there's more women teachers right, in the right. classroom. Um, and then there are males there as well. Right. But then, okay, but then it's not like males of color. So then now, right. you got males, you got females, but then you got a few females of color and a few males of color. And um, then you have, you know, you're trying to be an example. So the, the right. few examples, the few examples you have, the less you likely you're able to believe to become something. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, kids want to be athletes because they see it constantly. They see it on right. TV. So that's their almost go-to. It's fun to do, too. It's something mm-hmm. fun to do. Um, but uh, being in the classroom, I would say me, I think having to be there and hearing mm-hmm. students say, I didn't know you could be a teacher and a rapper. It's like, okay, cool. That's why I'm here. Right, that's, right. that's why I'm happy to be here because now you know. So now as you grow, you can say, I'm going to do some music stuff, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to go get my doctor degree or whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. You can say, you know what? I saw Mr. Johnson, so the balance, you can do it both. I think that's the issue right now is that um, kids aren't able to see the examples of being able to do both. And they don't even know we do both a lot of times. Right. And then I think um, teachers too. The, the flip side is is uh, 
teachers um, not necessarily um, being acknowledged for um, like uh, saying that they can do both. Like sometimes even like saying like it's possible to a kid, like, hey, you know, you want to be on a football team, but you know, to the path to that is this education aspect, mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes the, the, the conversations, you gotta have conversations. Right. Um, and so um, it's leading on to my next question. Oh, I actually wanted to ask just real quick, uh, do you network with other black uh, male teachers? Like, are there is there like a kind of a network or support group um, perhaps not just for black male teachers in the area where you work or just BIPOC teachers in general. Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I talk, but I talk to other hip hop teachers like, you know, Jay Rawls, he's a yeah, professor, yeah, yeah. but he's a professor now. Oh, I wow. talk to, um, you know, Breeze, Breeze Bruin, you know, right. from the Juggernauts, uh, um, Queen Heroin, who is in Juggernauts as well. She's a teacher. Mm. So there's like there's like a hip hop teacher nice. crew that's nice, that exists. Nice. and um we we discuss really we talk about life things but also mm -hmm. we do acknowledge that hip hop can be infused mm -hmm. inside the classroom as well so we're always just excited to um, understand that we are the bridge to to a lot of these conversations mm -hmm. so that's always exciting to to be a part of that. That's cool. Um, I was wondering, um, like, obviously, we talk about education buzzwords, you know, diversity, data-driven, empathy, uh, anti-racism, diversity, equity, inclusion, right? There are all these buzzwords out there. Um, and it's, especially with the socio-political climate there, um, maybe not just in the US, but I think globally, um, a lot of institutions, like educational institutions, are really questioning um, I guess looking again at their recruitment processes, you know, who do they have in front of the, you know, in front of the classroom, you know, the kind of people they're hiring. Now, um, okay, so let's say, um, you know, obviously representation is important. You know, who are our students seeing? You know, do they see role models that look like them? But mm -hmm. in the situation when there are no BIPOC teachers, right? When there are no BIPOC teachers in the school, what advice would you give to teachers who are not Black, Indigenous people of colour? You know, how, what advice do you give those teachers in regards to, you know, building rapport and engaging with students who don't look like them in front of the class? I, 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 I remember we had a school faculty meeting and I stood up and I was like, you know, you know, telling them what's going on, like as far as what's in to bond with the kids. I'm like, you know, belt buckles, kids like the belt buckles is a big thing. Did y'all know that? I'm just like letting them know, like, <laughs> right, you, know, right. you know, when they're listening to certain music, you should ask what music they're listening to. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're drawing, you should say, hey, what comic books you into? Let them know that you're into these things that deal with what they're into. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to what they're into. It, it doesn't matter if if it's if it's a white kid, black kid, Asian kid, or whatever, I I ask whatever it is. I'm I'm trying to find out if this country you're into. Oh yeah, who's the hottest country artist? What song is that? Okay, let me. And like I said, I'll go play it in the classroom. I find instrumentals. I'm looking for the clean versions. Like I'm showing them like, oh, this is kind of hot. You know, I'm letting them know that I'm into what they're into, no matter who it is. So 
if one kid is in the country here, one kid is in the K-pop here, one kid is into that here, they see that, oh, cool, Mr. Johnson is into everything. He's not only into what she's into or he's into, he's into everybody's stuff. So it makes it feel more family-like. So yeah. I would just say, feel, you know, ask questions about what they're, what they're listening to, what, they, what they're doing. Um, because we'll complain, not will, but like me and you, but people will complain about the music and complain about what they may be watching, but they don't ask about it. They don't say, why you like that song? What's that song about? Let me hear that song. Oh, that's, that lyric is kind of cool. That right there, you know, it's all right. But you know, you know what? Have you ever heard of such and such? Now you can make a recommendation mm-hmm. and things like that. So if you want to build that bond and also kind of help gear, gear and stare, stare and gear them towards something else, I think you have to ask them questions that have nothing to do with the class. Right. Um, or even just getting to know them outside of the classroom, right? Uh, depending right. on like what extracurriculars, you know, whether it's drama or musical or even uh, sports or uh, sewing club or I, I mean, I don't, you know. Just yeah, yeah. And then, and then, taking stuff, those, right? and then taking those things and actually trying to help them get in the right classes. That's a whole nother thing. So I'll have I'll have a student uh, that actually helped us out in in one of these videos. She draws phenomenally. So my thing is asking her, "Are you in Mr. Hardman's art class?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm in there." I'm like, "Okay." Then I see other kids drawing, and I'm like, "Are you in such such art class?" And they're like, "No, oh no." <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Your skill level is like next level with this drawing. You probably should be in there." So I'm encouraging them. to so I'm trying to make sure I acknowledge their gifts at the same time and showing them that I want them to be in certain places to encourage them. So I have some students that may act. Now I don't teach drama, but I do know about acting from being on TV stuff. So I'm not Denzel, but I can say, I can guide you though to, to, to through the questions you may hear because of the things I've heard asked or been in meetings when we've asked people during auditions. So I'm, I'm looking at it like that. So I, I differentiate it by everybody in the, my class, you pick your project, you pick what idea you want to do. And then whatever it is, I work with you on that. So you may not be, and then sometimes I may have a student that's not doing the project the whole class is doing. So if I have an eighth grader that's about to graduate and they're into acting and they're into writing scripts and things like that, and we're doing PSAs right here, that eighth grader, I'll just work with them on that because I know this is the launching pad and the final launching pad they may have with somebody that can guide them with that. Because I don't know who they're gonna meet in in high school. So I, once I find out what you're into, I kind of gauge where you are with me in the classroom and I change it up. So that's where I just kind of switch it up for everybody there. Um, have there been situations in the classroom that have inspired you to write music about them? About your students or about? Yeah, I think, yeah. It, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I got, a, I got a song on this next album. It's, I, I'll send it to you to hear. Um, but it's, it's just about, it's about students. It's about teachers and all of that. So, yeah, I got, a, I got a song. It's actually one of my favorite songs I've ever written. I think to me personally. So uh, it's getting mixed actually right now. Like. Yeah. So I was speaking to the person yesterday about getting mixed. And um, yes, I'll send it to you to check it out. 
awesome. I want to ask you this question. Um, you know how um, Kamala Harris, um, you know, um, she became the first woman of colour, um, the uh, vice president. I mean, how significant, like, you know, you are raising two daughters. Um, you know, how is that, how is her being in, 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 in that position? Like, how significant is that for, um, you know, children of colour, you know, black children in the US, like young girls, you know, how significant was that, that one? Like from the perspective of a parent, right? Yeah. See, seeing is believing, mm. right? So me as a young kid, all I seen was white presidents. So I never would even expect that what could be black president. Mm. Um, so now as a kid, you know, or even as adults now, they can see there's an example. Examples are very key, right? You gotta have an example. So, and sometimes you can become the example, which like a Barack did or like a Kamala Harris. But when those kids are born now, they know that it's possible. When you're younger and you don't have an example, that um, unfamiliarity with possibility can hinder the growth in which you're inspired to achieve things. So you need, to be able to see things and say, oh, I seen such and such do it, let me do it. Um, but then there are us that will go, well, I'm gonna be the first one to do it. And that's cool too. But I think um, you have more people looking for an example than more people that necessarily say they're gonna be the first a lot of times. Who is your superhero alter ego and why? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I always say I like Wolverine. I love Wolverine because there's like a passive aggressive vibe with Wolverine sometimes. And then <laughs> if you, you know, he could be chilling and then yeah, you do yeah. something and you do something, then he's like, okay, just chill, you know, like trying to calm the situation out, leave it. Right, right. And it's like, gets crazy. Then it's like, all right, see, now this now you got me out of character. Now, <laughs> you know, now, now I'm gonna have to go all beast mode on you. Yeah, right. So and then and then he has this empathy for mm. people. Right, right. You know, it's empathy and sympathy for people that he shows, but he, he has to sometimes also have it subdued. But you know, and then I respect the fact that, you know. He, he's been there for years and seen experiences throughout time and those that have accumulated and uh, yeah, that's why I like. Do you think you're famous? Do you know you're famous? Are you famous? Do you I'm, consider I'm, yourself to be famous? Uh, I, I, I think I'm famous to an extent, yes. And so in saying that, what things have you learned about life and the human condition from being recognized through your music and your past endeavors like such as like lyricist lounge um like having music on films and you know children's shows and stuff like that like yeah um bigger purpose you know and recognizing the purpose like early. some people recognize it early so you know they're able to do it early i think it took me time you know, so that's why you hear me rhyme differently and trying to figure myself out, find myself. And then, you know, some of these things I've experienced, I had no coach, I had no teacher prior to me. I'm like mm. the first of in a lot of aspects. So um, 
realizing that what I'm saying is actually affects a lot of people and affects the way the world is. Um, and understanding that when I'm here talking to you and somebody's listening to my song, they're in a the car, some people are crying, some people are smiling, some people are dancing, some people are nodding their heads, some people are getting inspired to do that. So just the understanding of it doesn't stop with me laying a verse, you know? So the importance of my purpose with the wording is, is what I've learned overall of, of me being here is just like, um, take it seriously, you know? Take it seriously with your writing. Is it, is it gonna help convey a message that somebody else is feeling? Now, I, I watched like just some really like, um, just some videos from way back and I think people always talk, they always ask you, oh, what would you do? You know, what happens if you're not a rapper anymore? What would you do? And numerous times you would always say, well, I'm a writer. Even if I'm not a rapper, I would still write, you know? And so um, everyone go buy this book, What Words Are Worth, Volume 1, New Beginning. You're the plug. Yeah. Um, so this, you wrote this last year, this book here. Um, and you know, it really, I really like it because I'm one of those, when I listen to music, I'm always thinking, what possessed this person to write this? What, why are they saying this? Who are they saying it to? Is it an experience? Is it something, is it a story that they've, you know, uh, written from scratch and have kind of, I mean, I have all these questions. I'm one of those listeners when I listen to music. Right. And that's what I really like about this, right? Because it just gives us insight into your, um, just the stories behind the album, right? Yeah. So for those who don't know, this was an album dropped in 2015, a uh, new beginning with, uh, is it Donnell Smokes? No, did I say his name yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Donnell Smokes, yeah. Yeah, and so I want to read something because actually that's not my question. My question is coming. <laughs> So my question is in regards to the foreword. Now, I'm, I'm one of those people, if I read a book, I'm kind of like, I skim read. Like, I really don't read the foreword. But this foreword is amazing. I mean, it just, I think it really, let me just read the small part. This is kind of one of my favorite um, parts. This is written by Master Ace, the man. I'll let words talk about Master Ace soon. Okay, so he says, right near the end, the beauty of Wordsworth's writing is his ability to bring the listener into those windows, giving us a glimpse into the lives of strangers. His words keep us hovering outside of each room so we can learn about the pain, struggle, and strife of these people, as well as the joy, love, and triumph of others. And honestly, like, it's powerful, it's insightful, it's thought-provoking, and I think it just really speaks to your friendship, right? the bond, the brotherhood. And I was wondering, um, how would you describe Master Ace in five words? And I know you're probably like, five words? That's not enough. Yeah, I mean, five words. I would say big brother, you know, mm -hmm. brother. I would say disciplined. I would say meticulous. Mm -hmm. I would say funny um and i would say um caring mm. so this man yeah 
you know, those, those, that's Ace. And I can say, you know, the reason why, like once I hooked up with Ace and, and we went on tour, like he brought me on tour for 15 years with him, you know? Wow. Um, and I learned so much being around him. Like, like I'm, I'm younger than him. So he had experiences prior to me, right? Like, like that's how that is when you're older. Right. So he, he taught me to like, slow down. So like, if I was like, yo, we should do this, do this and that, he's more of a, all right, we got to do this first. I can't do, we can't do all of these things at one time right now. You know, it's cool if you multitask certain things, but this right here, particular thing. So he, he brought a certain seriousness out of me and dealing with the business and understanding going on tour and, you know, you know, getting your money, the tour man is supposed to do this. This is the gas is going to come out of this. We got to budget this. This comes out of here. So at the end, this is how much everybody gets. And so it's a lot of things that dealt with the business that he helped me organize. And, and um, I'm grateful for that. And like I said, you know, he, he brought me on tour for 15 years straight. So that's wow. um, no, never had an argument ever, you know, on the road. All of us never had arguments. You know, we just were all bonded like brothers and and. Yeah, he knows me. He knows me. I'm, you know, I'm like the little brother to him, you know, mm-hmm. and he's my older brother, like, because I can talk to him about every and anything. We're very similar, you know, like he went to college and Rhode Island graduated. I went to college, graduated. So we have some of those things in common too. He's from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. We both have that. So then we also know the way Brooklyn is. So it's like, man, you can't do this. You can't do that. Yeah. So it's almost like brothers born apart. And then we met, and then it was just like a perfect situation. Man, that's super cool. Um, I want one of my favorite songs. I mean, my I believe I love believe. I think as an educator, it resonated with me. The story, like the story behind the song, like it resonated with me. But one of my other favorite songs um, that you talk about on here is Diamonds. And I wanted to know, uh, what was it like traveling to South Africa? And did you know anything about apartheid, like, prior to going there? Like, I mean, in the U.S., obviously, uh, racism's, you know, like, that, you know, racial injustice, that's a whole other thing there, right? But then when you traveled to South Africa, I mean, what did you already know or perhaps didn't know about? Well, I knew a little little bit about apartheid, but you only know a little about everything until you go or experience it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this restaurant I heard make great cookies or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or this bakery makes great cookies. You're like, oh yeah, I hear that. And you're excited about what you hear about it. You haven't, you haven't even tasted it yet. So me going there, it was life altering. You know, um, I knew about apartheid, but I didn't know how difficult it was to experience and it was just like a modern day like slavery in some regards like basically you know like this story's in there that there's things i didn't even put in i don't think i put like i was told like they did a pencil test so they would put a pencil in your hair and you know if the pencil fell then that said what texture you was would describe what you was if you were downtown and you were black you would have to have a pass and a book and said that you can be downtown at a certain time. And what's so mind-blowing about it is that this stuff is in color. This is not like, you know, like, you know, um, 
people trying to guess what it looked like or, right. you know, uh, speculate. This is actually documented in color. So you can actually see like old speeches of people on TV with showing racist waves and pictures. So it's well documented. And that's what I think is jaw dropping about it is the fact that it's so currently documented that you can actually see it. Um, so going there and, and experiencing it, um, going to the Hector Peterson Museum and being in there and seeing it documented, um, it makes it more real to you because you you just, you know, it's incredible. So being there, it changes your mindset. And then to see how far it's come to be in South Africa too. So like going to the mall and mm. at the radio station in there, uh, YFM and, and going there and being able to freestyle on the radio and, you know, right. they got their own commercial stuff going on too. And then they got some underground stuff and then they got big events. And so you start to see that and then understanding that there's a sense of pride in South Africa um, mm -hmm. to not let the past hold them back too much. Cause I was like, man, apartheid just kind of ended in the nineties and y'all like kind of all cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you do that? But then, you know, I learned there was some, some white people that were actually. Yeah. There's a whole another like <laughs> layer yeah. of, of, you know. Yeah. There were some white people that went to school with black kids. I didn't, you know, I, I, so some of these things that you don't know, you, you really can't really guess. And then they were like, well, if we were to hold, hold, stay, stay, um, holding on to that, that anger and, and things that we feel about those times, we wouldn't be able to move forward. So uh, I'm sure there's definitely some reservations of anger and turmoil within but there's also like um, trying to figure out how to balance it. And, you know, I love South Africa. I, I love it. I love it. Um, so what is your most personal song that you've written? Is there a song that is like really personal to you that you've actually written that is based on, I don't know, experience or? Yeah, I would, I would say um, one of my favorite songs I've ever written is called The Oldest. Mm. Um, I like that song from the Feta album. Yeah. I even, like that song. Even even though I'm younger, I'm the youngest. Right. right. <laughs> the perspective of it and just the, the way it feels, that's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Shoulder, it's like a huge record. Yeah, mirror um, music. I like that. Yeah, that's a big record for me. Guardian Angel, people to this day. Um, and I think those songs really gives you a sense of my humility, my mm -hmm. sympathy, my empathy, uh, my observations, and the fact that I care about other people's perspectives. Mm. You know, so I just try to um, write things from other people's perspectives for the most part, but there's always a verse in there that's me. Right. So every song you hear, there is a perspective of me mm -hmm. in it and things I've gone through. Uh, mm -hmm. On this new album, I got a song called Can't Win. And uh, it's basically about um, working at a job for mad years. And then you don't get promoted and they hire a new manager. And now you're training the new manager that knows less than you. Mm -hmm. And the frustration that entails. So that's 
everybody's been through that in some shape, form, or fashion, some in some way. I would say, mm-hmm. um, I, when I mean everybody, I mean uh, uh, you know a, a nice amount of people. I don't mean everybody particularly, but a general like nice amount of people. If you work retail, if you work at a regular job, it could be anything. It's just somebody always recognizing somebody else, and you've been there, you know, overnight. You put in all this work, you know. Some people go home crying about it, like, man, I didn't did all this and that, and then. They just gonna move this person here who I helped do all of mm-hmm. this here. And and the verse pretty much ends with that person that's being trained asking me why they ain't move me up. And it's okay. like, you know, um, and then the second verse is a female perspective of her working at a law firm. Mm-hmm. And, you know. They they they're looking at her body and they're looking at her from a physical standpoint, not recognizing her mind. And she's done everything and she can't get equal pay and, and all this mm-hmm. stuff here. So she can't win. And um, so those are things like I like writing about stuff like that that resonate to people every day on a feeling. So it's more so taking a theme and then what's my perspective for the theme? So can't mm-hmm. win is just really the theme. And then it's like, what perspective do I want to do with can't win? You know what I'm saying? Like there's some people that are as writers or artists, like can't win would be like, I'm better than you. You can't beat me. I rhyme like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? But a lot of people's initial approaches, they can't win. You want to go against me? I'm talking, you know, and I'm like, uh, that's, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, so it's finding all these different uh, scenarios in which people right. can win, and mm-hmm. then you have to kind of dwindle down to what's an important scenario of you feeling you can't win. So that's personal. That's one of them. The teacher song, very, very reflective of, of right, me. Right. It is me. That teacher song is me, hundred um, percent. I mean, there's so many songs that 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 are that's me. Trust, you know that that song with me describing. How I used to treat women, and then I had a daughter, and all of that. Yeah, I read um some reviews on that, like Mirror Music, right? That's from that yeah. first album. Side note, um, NFTs. I mean, you know, there's been like the past few weeks, lots of talk about it. You know, everyone's talking about it. Right. Uh, people selling off crazy stuff like digital art and all that. Uh, the reason why I ask is because you, um, you, you. Dropped your released one just recently. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. NFTs for those who don't know, non-fungible tokens. Um, but everyone's talking about it. And I noticed like a week ago, perhaps, that you you really uh, I don't know, do you say release or you dropped one or you got yeah. one now? Uh yeah. what what was why why did you decide to do that <laughs> or get on board with that? I, it was the past few weeks. I was getting calls about it. Oh, for like, real? People were hitting you okay. Yeah, like my friends, like, mm. yo, you see this NFT thing? I'm like, no. Nah, oh, it's really. everywhere. Yeah, so then I seen Gronkowski sold for a certain amount. So I started seeing little things happening. I was like, what is it about? Then um, big shout out to Sam Brown. He's heavy into this internet stuff with all oh, of that. Really? So wow. he, he calls me about it. He's like, well, he called me like weeks ago about something about it. He's always calling me and we, we talk. When we talk and I call him vice versa. He's always up on this latest things going on in the tech yeah. tech world. So he hit me up. He's like, man, this NFT, this and this and that. I think we should do an NFT for this. We should do an <laughs> NFT for that. I'm like, right, all right, right, cool. 
So then he's like, yo, I got an NFT, boom, boom, for you with this and this and that. So he sets it up. And I said, all right, let's do it. So we just we just drop it just to kind of just do it and be ahead of the game. Now, I don't know if it's going to sell or not or whatever, but just the mm-hmm. fact that it's occurring, I'm excited about it. Um, but I got – and then in our group chat, there's a group chat with me, Ace, Strip, my boy Gates, my boy Power, and Steve, the angry merch guy, which people know him <laughs> on the MC album. Uh, and in that chat, it was popping off, the NFTs, NFTs. Yeah. Then Sam Brown called me. Then my other boy, DeMar Douglas, right, um, right. who's a artist, yeah. super artist. Yeah. He hit me about it. Like, it was just coming from everywhere. And then Sam- <laughs> Yeah, I was, and I was just like, I, I don't know, I guess, I, you know. Minding your own business there. It was just coming from everywhere. And then Sam Brown showed me the one, and he was like, yo, I got this one hooked up. And he's like, yo, it's a wallet and all that. So we was discussing all that. So he's really on that heavy, and um, I trust him, and we trust each other heavy. And he's like, you know, so it's set up. So, you know, if it makes money, you know, get royalties and all these things. Right, like right. That. Which ironically nobody's really ever really been thinking about it but it has been spoken about mm. when um i learned a lot about this dealing with uh when i went to i went to school for music business and it was like it's like an underlining discussion was in terms of copyrights and stuff this same thing with the nft selling and getting royalties consistently as it goes and sells and moves mm. and trade has always been a discussion based on records being sold used okay right if you sell your album if you buy an album for me and you sell it to your friend i don't get anything Mm -hmm. then your friend sells it to the record store i don't get anything when the record store sells it again i don't get anything Mm -hmm. then that person sells it again so that missing all of that money there has Mm -hmm. always been an underlying issue dealing with the music industry so nfts have solidify that also it'll probably become that way for music so mm. but now that music is so digital there's no real tangible thing there but when you right. got an actual tangible good like that how do you um regulate it and this nft mm. with art and stuff helps you allows you to regulate it uh, i'm sure there'll be like frames in your home right and you put a right, programming right. in and your frame has your nft right, right almost like a jersey on your wall yeah yeah um, but you know, for those that are artists that have been painting canvases for years, mm. and your painting sells at an auction, and you don't see nothing, you know, past who's who transferred down to, this NFT thing is great for people in that regards because use records. How many times? Imagine how much money James Brown would have, you yeah, know. Ah, they. You know, all crazy. these old artists, Nina Simone. Mm. If you were to think about how many artists they go digging buying used records. Imagine if they were able to say, I sold this here, and then there's a, a digital tracking system that gets you royalties from used sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, it's funny, because actually, like, I think it might have been the week before or two weeks before, uh, week before I saw you drop it, right? I saw you post it, and I was like, ooh, what do we have here? Because actually I was listening to, you know, I love Lupe and Royce, I'm always tweeting about it, I was listening to the Lupe and Royce show and then they had brought on this uh, lady to talk about NFTs. And I remember watching it and I was just like, 
Googling, looking it up. And then, bam, Nick minute, I saw, oh, words were like, I was like, what? Three posts, two? Oh, come on now. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people talking about it will be interesting to see how, you know, yeah, it, out. I just watched on CNN. They had this African artist that's making a lot of money from it. Mm-hmm. So another artist that does digital design that right, makes right. a lot of money from it. Uh, it's cryptocurrency, though. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Crypto. But you can cash out from what I know. You can cash it out in some right. regards, too. Uh, I just I just wanted to be a part of it because seeing where the wave is with it and then you know, it's good to have that teammate there, like a Sam Brown and somebody that can just like show me where to go and then make it happen and stuff like that. So it's very key for that. So shout out to Sam. Nice. Um, I was wondering influences outside of hip hop that have helped form your style, like poets, performers, other singers, like musicians, like bands. Who are some of those influences outside of hip hop? Um, Outside of hip hop. I don't really have many, honestly, like that. But when I was in high school, I was heavy with buying R&B. It's at some point, at some point, I just stopped buying R&B. Okay. Uh, but like younger, R&B was like a thing to do. Like if you was in high school or whatever, you would go buy an R&B record. Now it's like if you're a hip hop person, you're like, I'm not buying no R&B. So I was like, <laughs> Nah, I'm listening to this only. You know, it's real right, stuff. Right. Uh, but my my style, honestly. What I had to learn was how to basically take a careless one uh, way to say something clear, clearly, mm-hmm. take uh, a Busta rhyme showmanship and flow wise flows. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why if you hear me rhyme on stuff, it's my flows all over because I learned that you got to be different beat, different flow. This one here, this you know, I learned that. So, so I know where all my styles come from to make who I am. I can do, I can identify it. So you got Karis one being able to say something clearly that when I'm on the mic, I'm very clear and the line, the sentence is what it is. It's not going to be like too mumbo jumbo. Uh, Buster Rhymes uh, flow wise, being able to, you know, hear a beat and say, I'm doing this flow. So that's yeah, how you right, get it. Right. You know, hit you with so much stuff. He said, definitely did. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay. that's not natural for just a rapper to say, I'm going to do that flow, but you have to right. be able to say, this beat, I'm going to do this flow, and I'm fine with that. Then a Nas is very influential on me. A lot of people say they hear Nas with my storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cool G Rap is also within me because of most of those people, the Nas's and everybody, Jay Z's, always refer to G Rap. Because right, G right, right. Rap is that bar. Right. Um, so those, I would say, those four right then and there is how you get me in a way, and then uh, and then little little things maybe a uh, rock him, but not really, not really. But mm. those four, those four right there is how you get me. So you're gonna get me with a flow that's crazy, different sometimes, mm-hmm. just whatever. I'm not afraid to do it. That's the other thing. I'm not afraid to do it. So uh, as an artist, you gotta not be afraid. So that's why you get a lot of artists that maybe. Same flow, everything. I'm not right, afraid right. to try anything. I I do the quick time flow, whatever, and then you know you hear you hear you hear each one, and then that's what makes me. What song do you have stuck in your head these days? Um, I like that lemon pepper freestyle. Okay. Um, 
what else do I, what else, what else is in my mind? Um, I like that, but then it's also, I love that. I love the Drake song with, with Lil Durk. <laughs> Laugh now. Probably. I need to Google it because I, I do not listen to Drake. I'll, um, I'll Google yeah, it. I'll Google yeah. it. I like these songs. They like. I like. Rounds. I like. I like that. Um, I would say, I like Benny the Butcher album. I listen to that. Right. That he got this song called No Introduction, mm-hmm. and then he got a joint with Two Chains. He actually got a video for it. I love. I love Two Chains verse on there. <laughs> oh, man, I love Two Chains verse on that song. Fire. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm all over the map with it though, but like I'm overall. My favorite album that I could throw on any time is Curtis Mayfield, the right. first album. Like if I, that's actually my my soul. I'm a Curtis Mayfield, you know, Al Green. All of that era is me when I write. So I, that's 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 what I am. I'm that soul. So when I hear something, it has to hit me like that. So um okay. that to me that era of music is the best era of music ever i don't really hear many hip-hop records that make my soul shift or give me mm-hmm. chills unfortunately they made me get excited i like hearing it rhyme and competitive level but like if you throw on like curtis mayfield um darker and blue and you play that we the people darker and blue and that come on it's it's a it's, it's no no joke like my body feels that you know what i'm saying um if you ever watched the movie Claudine, that's one of my favorite movies ever because Curtis Mayfield wrote the whole soundtrack and had Gladys Knight singing it. Wow. Crazy, crazy stuff. So that that's really my makeup as a person, integrity-wise, based on what I provide for people, hopefully. So interesting to like kind of see just how you guys came up you know, in the hip hop scene and stuff. Right. But we don't, we don't see that. We don't like, if you're outside, like looking in, we, we get to see the, the violence and, you know, people being shot and all that. Like, were, were you guys, I mean, was that not happening? I mean, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. Like, was that not happening? where you guys were living, you know, like violence, like gang violence and, and all that kind of stuff. Were you, yeah, yeah did well, you guys not have to deal with that or? Well, I live that in Brooklyn, it's like Kingsington, Brooklyn, it's like one step from Flatbush, like literally like you cross the street, you're in Flatbush, you know, like it's it was like that. Flatbush is one of the <clears throat> hardest areas you can grow okay. up in. And then where I live at in Kingsington kind of has some of that residual effect of, Flatbush is right there, so you better at least be knowing your stuff here. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, but right. it wasn't as brutal there. So um, I grew up around my my sister older than me. She grew up more so involved with gang stuff. So mm-hmm. you know her best friend knowing gangs, and my sister, you know, Decepticons was a big gang back then, um, which is where you get Sean Price and and Rockin'. Oh. It was a Decepticon, so they grew up in that gang area. So that's Rock and Rock from Helter Skelter. Um, so that was a a big gang thing. And my sister used to know a lot of those gang members, so she used to bring them by the house. And so I kind of knew that. Then my cousin, he lived in Flatbush too. He was part of a crew there too. So I had older siblings that were so well established that 
they help they pretty much protected me in some regards. Okay. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's that's Kim's little brother, or that's right. Ness's little brother, that's you know, Elliot's little cousin, that's his little cousin. So I was fortunate to have that around me because okay. back then it was very serious. Like it was it was very wild. Um a lot of those when you go to school, on your way home from school, um, and things like that. So, you know, I still had my own integrity and pride though because you grew up with a lot of pride so excuse me to this day man i gotta be very thankful that i made it because like i used to have like you know i don't know if you've seen old pictures of me but i had like jewelry like chains and my hands flooded with gold and like i used to wear (laughs) (laughs) sorry about sorry about you (laughs) yeah but that's yeah, I got I got pictures with it. I had this little chain and all that. And I said because that's what it was back then, having all that. Remember, these are what the rappers was wearing. You had <laughs> slick rick and chain and all them wearing big Gucci chains and all Where'd that. Where'd you so, get the money to, to to wear that stuff? That's you know, your parents, you know, parents do that stuff. Birthdays come around, what you want for your birthday? I want to get a Gucci link and all of that. <laughs> so I was wearing a lot of jewelry. But being able to make it from Brooklyn to Manhattan on the train and then back home from school every day. And you got other schools getting on the train. Right. So it's it's no joke, you know. Um, so I'd be like, man, I made it, I, I made it through that. And there's a lot of people based on the same thing I'm talking about, jewelry and all that died, got killed. Mm. You know, um, my sister's boyfriend, uh, ex-boyfriend at that time, on the on this train line that I catch, the F train. That goes to Coney Island. Coney Island, you know, is where the amusement park is and everything there. Everybody goes there for Easter. On his way home, he got killed for a Nike jacket, you know, because everybody's going there to Coney Island, but catching that train. So you got to deal with everybody coming home. So over a Nike jacket, you know, so it's so crazy just thinking about it. So if I show you pictures, I had like, I had like <laughs> Polo Goose that. I mean, I had I had the stuff. And do you look at those pictures and you're like, oh, cringe? <laughs> no, no. You're like, oh, it looks so cool. <laughs> no, I look at them. I look at them like, like, wow, like I made it through that. You survived, you survived right? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was no joke back in the days with a lot of that stuff. Like when you wore certain things and you had to be name brand heavy coming up. Even I would say it's still it's name brand is is still a thing, but not. You talk about early '90s when fashion really was just starting to pop off, and all the rappers you were trying to emulate, and they would mm-hmm. say the name brands in the song, and you want to go buy that Jabos, whatever they said, you were like, <laughs> that. you know, it was heavy back then. So, um, yeah, so I just, I just look at it as a blessing. Crazy. Yeah, I, got, <laughs> I got pictures of it. I actually, showed, I actually showed the students the other day because I was like, yeah, I know I was 15 and like 14 year age, right? Like, and they were like. Yeah, but they can't see it. They can't see it. Right. So I showed them pictures of me at their age. I was like, yeah. Did they laugh? Did they laugh? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> yeah, they, were, they, they didn't laugh, really. It was not like, that still looks a little like you did. Yeah. You have aged. And they'd be like, why you got that big chain on and all that? You know, but that's cool. But what is the, like, thinking about your six years now that you've been teaching, what has been the most challenging aspect? of your journey as an educator? 
in these six uh, years? I think the most challenging thing and frustrating thing is when you get kids that don't listen to what you're trying to teach them because you understand that them not listening, they don't understand the damage they're doing to themselves. So that's very harsh. That weighs on a teacher, heavy. Like when you got a student that you're trying to teach not doing their work and they're acting crazy or whatever they're doing in class, you like, all right. You get to a point and you're just like, all right, you know, my lesson isn't going to, they're not getting my lesson right now. They they want a harder lesson, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And and you get to the point and you realize you can't you can't save everyone. You can keep trying though daily. Every day is a new new day. So you reset. You keep resetting with that same student and you just try and try. Um, that can be the most difficult thing because once even once that kid leaves the class and you sit sometimes by yourself, you just can be like, man, you know, they don't even understand where this is going. You know, like what they're doing. They don't get it. They don't get it. And then some kids go through that and then another teacher may affect them and you see them later and you be like, whoa, ah, you made it. Okay, you're doing all right, good. And then and then they come up to you and be like, oh man, all that stuff you was trying to teach me, I wish I was listening. It's like, it's all good, you know, you, you're doing good. I'm glad to see you're doing well. So sometimes it's frustrating because you, you're hoping the outcome isn't as grim as you may think or suspect. And then the most rewarding part is when you're able to bring what's up here to something that's tangible. Mm. So that's why I love doing the videos and the, right. the music videos and that stuff like that. Cause kids come into class, they don't got no beat. They don't got no bars. They come in and it's like, all right, you make a beat. Then they're gonna, how does beat sound? This, next thing you know, we want to write a song together. All right, write a song. Then they go in the booth, then they record it. Then you got a video. I mean, they came in there not knowing anything about mm. that. I mean, I really have some kids that are in the music. Then I got kids that come in and it's just like, we just want to try it, you know, and then they do it. So that's the most rewarding thing is, is help showing them that what's up here comes out and it becomes something. So I try to explain that to them with phones. I'm like, well, you knew, you do know there was an iPhone one, right? <laughs> they used to be like block phones. <laughs> but they don't, they don't think about that because they're mm -hmm. so in the moment that the past is very, it's not even fathomable in some regards to some kids. Mm. So when you say there was an iPhone one, they just go, they go, really? I never, cause they never thought about it. <laughs> they, they got 12 and 13 and whatever the numbers are out. They, and they're just getting it coming out of uh, being a fifth grader, sixth grader, whatever you got, whatever you get is where you start. So if I give you PlayStation five, you're not, you don't care about PlayStation one. It didn't even in your mind. You think that's your starting point is this. Right, right. You're not thinking about that. So that's what's uh, rewarding for me is helping them be able to take anything up here when when they're doing something in their mind. Like, I want to do this. I don't know how to do it. And then showing them and then they see it and they go, yo, I can do that. I can do it. You know, so. Um, and what was an early life experience where you learned that there was power in language? Um, when I realized there were power in what I was saying was when we would like freestyle and do things in public school and on the way home you got a group of people wanting to hear what you're gonna freestyle about and rhyming and then like me battling sixth graders and stuff like that in the yard and seeing uh school being Tino that went to my school at the time they were sixth graders and I'm fifth grader and we in the yard freestyling and people go uh, uh you know <laughs> stuff like that 
So then, and then on the way after school, it's the same thing. You rhyme in somebody beatboxing, and I'm going to the school, da, 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 and you don't know what you're saying. You ain't rhyming probably or whatever. And um, seeing that people were following and watching and paying attention to what I was saying, then I think helped me understand that, um, okay, this rap thing garners attention. What accomplishment are you most proud of? Um, life accomplishments would definitely be like my kids, you know what I'm saying? Like having them and like being able to see them and look at them when they just walk through the room and I smile like, wow, like, wow, you know? Um, so I would say my family, you know, my wife, mad supportive of me. Mm -hmm. She's been there. I mean, she's been with me for, since I've started, you know, mm -hmm. before TV and everything. Um, and then I would say one of the, I guess, major accomplishments would be like writing the book, because that's something I always wanted to do. Um, and that would be, I think that's really where I'm at with it. Like kind of just putting out, I think here it is. One of the biggest accomplishments, if not, let's keep it in this table, is actually putting my material out. Right. You know how many people we meet with ideas that never put them out? So that would be my biggest accomplishment besides family stuff, is putting material out. There's so many people that watch this, listen, and, and mm -hmm. they're like sitting on ideas that they started. So starting and finishing is the biggest accomplishment. I pretty much, whatever I start, I typically finish it, which I'm right. very happy about that. So I got other things I'm working on right now, and I feel confident they will come to fruition. Nice, nice. I have a question um, about your wife because she's beautiful, beautiful voice. Thank you. Do you think you'll put out an album with her? I know this. I just, I was, I've never heard anyone ask that. I was like, yo, I'm asking this question. Yeah, like, dude, because, bro, it's because, funny. you know, she does like, you know, mean as vocals, right? On a lot yeah. of the tracks. So, yeah. dude, what's your excuse, man? She's on She's on this album on several ones. No, yeah. but it's not, it's not as BVs. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. She's on she's on, on this album. She has her own stuff out too, Adanita Ross. Yeah. She has her own stuff out. She's on this album pretty heavily too. But it's funny you say that because when we get in the studio together, yeah, we be clashing. You know, like we be like, Yeah, it's funny. Uh, no way. Yeah, you would think you would think it's just like straight like that. Right, miss. Nah. Yeah, you think it is, and what's it's it's difficult sometimes, but we 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 I think now we're starting to do it because like I, I got I got a beat from um Kells with the Heat the other day and so you like this beat? So I'm like, okay, she can do the do the song and then I'll come in with like a sixteen on there. So I think we're we're getting working more towards that. So like on this album, you'll hear her right, more, right. more on this album, like doing hooks. She just yesterday she was on a teacher song. Right. She's on the can't win song. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's but, more, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. just BVs, that, right? That's just the hook and the BVs. But like, actually, like putting an album out is just well, a whole another level. Tell you, you asked me that question, but bro, it, come on, it is that is it's that vibe of we 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 clash in the studio, ideologically, ideologically, whatever the word, but 
ideology clashes with what mm-hmm. we like with what we like so that's that's what's so crazy is that's the situation like you know i i know some couples that yeah there's a lot of couples that <laughs> that that rap husband and wife right, they, right. they don't put no music out it's a lot of that <laughs> because it's it's as dope as it seems when you get in that studio you got to sit there with somebody and you're you might hear something and they don't hear it vice versa or they like a beat you don't like you're like okay i could be in here by myself i could be in here by myself you know what i'm saying what we gonna do because i could be here right now knocking out my song on this right, beat right, I like right. this beat a lot and that person is the same way like well you don't hear this i'm gonna take this beat by myself i'm gonna <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely, um, I got a beat the other day from Kells with the Heat, mm. and I believe that'll be our first one heading towards that. What are the values that you 100% believe in? I believe in, you know, I'm a spiritual person, but I really believe in right and wrong, you know, using common sense for right and wrong. I'm not into no particular religion. I'm not, uh, into no particular Democratic Party, Republican Party. I'm kind of like, if that makes sense, that makes sense. Um, things get politicized so much, you can't, we can't have a normal civil society because power has corrupted people to the point that power outweighs civility. Um, so those are some of my values. And then just helping people and also saying what's on your mind if saying saying what people ask you if somebody asks you just tell them the truth like straight up you know don't be afraid to say what you really feel to somebody if they ask you and they want to know um and so if you ask me i'll let you know what it is and not being afraid to not being afraid to hear no and not being afraid to ask questions that's very key too so those are some of the things I just I just kind of stand by and live by. If you if you ask me, I'm gonna give you an honest answer. I'm not gonna like be tell you something and then be go around your back. Oh, another thing is whatever I can say to somebody else, I can say to you. So I it's no, no I, I'm never talking behind nobody's back. Like if I feel like yo, you was tripping that day at the game. I don't know why you're doing that. When I see you, I can be like, yeah, Yo, you was tripping the day at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I live by that heavy because I don't right. want to be, I don't want to say nothing to somebody that it feels like con, cons, conspiring, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, I rather whatever I feel about you that I can say to somebody else, I want to make sure I can go, yeah, I wasn't really feeling when you did that, you know? And I think right. that's why I, I think a lot of my friends like that about me. Like they'll mm-hmm. call me and get my opinion on things because they know I'm going to keep it 1000. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it could be some I got some friends that's like celebrities and they'll call me and they and if I see them do something crazy and they <laughs> ask me, I'll be like, Yeah, I went and did that though. <laughs> I you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a yes man with yeah, them, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And if they ask me like, Yeah, you know, this and that, and I'll be like, Yeah, but you could have did it this way, and it makes them go like ah, and I'll be like, Yeah, I wanna do that. So I, I'm gonna keep it 1,000 just off the base of that, and, and it's, you, you either like it or not. You know what I'm saying, and that's it. But at least you know I'm coming straight from the pure purity. What things in life are still a mystery to you? Um, sometimes it it can be like 
confusing to to identify your purpose. I think that's always a question every day. Like you'll be like, I'm here to do this. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this and do this. And then you might hit a bump in the road and then you're like, that's, I thought I was here to do that. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to do this, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's like, oh, I am here to do that other one thing. Oh, I thought I was here to do that. It's like finding your purpose sometimes can can have you up and down on a roller coaster. You could be very confident in it. I, I feel I'm confident in knowing my purpose, but then it switched. Like I thought I was going to be this huge mega rap star and that's what I'm here to do. And then I realized after, you know, God is like, yo, you did all this rap stuff so that way you can become a teacher and then mold this generation of people so that way they can change the world. So now I'm like, wow, okay, I thought my purpose was here to rock and give you some bars, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I this teaching. Then it's like, okay, nah, but then your purpose also is to write a book about the boss and now that somebody can read it. So it's like changing every day because of I'm evolving with doing different things. So I think that's the most... Uh, questioning thing we all have daily that we deal with is, you know, mm. oh, I want to try. I do want to do. That. I don't know my purpose. I think our purpose is is a is a huge thing. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap, bro. Dropping the jewels, damn. Because. I just try I, to be. I just. That was like mic drop moment. If I didn't have a mic. Oh, I do, but no. <laughs> I just try to be a realist from my experiences of people of everything. You know, I've been around people that sold drugs. I've been around people that didn't sell drugs. I've been around people that had parents on drugs. I've been around people that had fine lives. I've been, you know, my mom, you know, has raised me to be very middle. She like I've had friends that if you came home from jail, my mom never judged you. She would let you in the house. My mm-hmm. mom is very in the middle unless you do something. She goes like, well, you you judge people on what they do to you. You know, you don't judge them on what they may have done past wise or such and such. You you give them a chance. And then if they do that, then she she's harsh. She's like, you know, and that's how I am. So I got that balance from her heavy. You know, that's that's how come I am how I am. So I see everything from a middle standpoint before I just jump jump into this, you know. So I think that's what allows me to be who I am is the yeah. fact that um that, that plays into my songs. Yeah, so I wanted voice. to ask a eh, like EMC. That's uh, this is oh, I mean no, it's not like not not part of the question, but just curious. You know, EMC, um is it the show? The song where it's a dedication to the mothers. Yeah. Which is your verse? You let me grow. That's the yeah. Name which is one. yeah that one when it's a dedicate. So I've always wondered, and I always forget to ask. Like, yeah, I was always curious. No, just talking about your mother right now. I was just like, were you raised by your mother? Like, yeah. you didn't have a father. Or- I was raised by my mom and my dad, Carl, but he was my stepdad, but he's my dad. He was there to raise oh, Okay, so that's what I was tra- When you were talking, I was like, wait, I was trying to think back to that song, and I was yeah, like... My, bi- my biological dad, he passed away when I was like 11, maybe uh, like 11, 12. So I never really got to know him like that. So that, that one of the uh, things about it is just the fact that 
I remember I had a moment to go see him and I, that's in my mind always too. I have a mm. mindset, a uh, picture in my head of looking up the steps and my mom asking, did I want to go see him? And I said, no. So that mm. stains my mind because I could have went to go see him. But being that he was in my life for so many years, why would I have a uh, feeling like I want to go see somebody? It's like a stranger, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go see that at that young age. So I never did until, you know, when he passed or whatever the case. But um, yeah, I was raised by my mom. My mom is just like one of those people that you can talk to and she'll give you a perspective of positivity. Mm. But like, you know, when if she's not feeling you, she's going to let you know, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So that's my mom. So that's how I am. I'm pretty much like, just like that. I'm tell you what it is, how I feel, whatever, whatever. Mm. And then if there's something crazy, I'd be like, oh, no, nah, I'm not feeling that, you know? So I think that's a great way to be because you know you're going to get 100% what I, what I think at that time. It's not flip-floppy. See, I had to, I, I was wondering when you mentioned it, and then I was trying to think, I was trying to think back to the verses. I was like, which verse was that's cool man see learn something new every day um book recommendations yes yeah, so, wait have you finished reading Charlemagne the god oh man <laughs> boot ups man come on <laughs> like, no, I, got, I got you know i just actually i actually got you know it's a balance with this stuff like i'm going to read the Charlemagne shook ones i read the first Charlemagne book loved it yeah 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 like the ones i will read i got i got couple of books here that I got as gifts that I, I haven't been able to get to. Uh, honestly, yesterday, just finished writing another book with my friend and uh, two of my friends. We just finished a book written based on an animated film I wrote yesterday. Nice. So we had a you meeting. You done it? You finished? Woohoo! Congrats, bro. Now I got to go back and kind of fix some things in it. Right. But we, were, we were discussing the cover nice. and, and things like that. So um, sometimes I have to... I guess the audible books would be better, but I'm always thinking of trying to find a balance of me investing myself in listening and watching everything other people are doing and also making sure I'm spending enough time doing what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's hey. a hard balance, like to be reading books, reading books, reading books sometimes. And then like, dad, all this time I read all these books, I need to make sure I'm writing my stuff, writing my stuff, writing my stuff. <laughs> so it's a hard balance. So I will get to it, but right mm -hmm. now, I want to, I guess I'm competing to get my stuff out. Yeah, he, he. Um, but as far as books, so I got my boy, Kerwin Phillip. He got this book. It's called Malik's First Job. So Whoa. it's about uh, a, a kid that wants to go get a job interview and then making money and stuff like that. But his father gives him the principles on how to manage his money. So this is good for young adults that want to manage their money and things like that. So we teach a lot of young adults. So some of them are kind of like trying to figure out uh, once they get a check, you know, first thing they're thinking is shirts and sneakers and stuff like right, that. Right. Or, or they spend all their money and they're not thinking about like, I'm going to buy a shirt and sneaker. And then after you, you go with your kids somewhere or hang out with kids and you go shopping with them, it's like, I just bought some shirts and sneakers. I'm hungry. And then you say, okay, you got money for food? And they'd be like, nah, I don't got no money for food. It's like they don't foresee all that. So that's that's a great book for that right there. So that's that's what I've been working on. But nice. before we go to, you gotta shout you out because my 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 book, this one here, she helped uh, put together the audit audio audio version, audible version of that, which 
I'm waiting for my boy Franklin to fix. Man. I'm at the point of like, it come out when it come out. By the time it come <laughs> out, I have another one. You know, hot. I was going to say, is there part two coming out? Volume yeah. two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started that too. I actually started, hey. sent, that, sent it to my editor, the guy that edited that, Brian Kayser. So he actually started editing. We're actually doing um, the Sam Brown album. Nice. Guys, you have to read this book. What words are worth? It's honestly, it's like, it, buy it on Amazon. It's like, it's like 100 pages. 99 pages, to be honest. 99 mm -hmm. pages, because page 100 is the links where you can get on social media and get in touch with words. Uh, I also want to say, like, I was trying to be all like, now nah, I'm all good, I'm all good. But, like, I got a shout out in the book and I was really excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, nah, nah, I'm all good. Nah, humble, humble. And then when I saw it in the book, I was like, took a photo, sent it to my brother. I was like, oh my God, I got shouted out of words. This book is like, yo, that's so cool. I was like, yeah, I was trying to be all like, nah, I'm all good. Yeah, you know, thank it's you. crazy. Like, I didn't know, you know, that was the hardest part about writing the book, the thank yous, to be honest. Because mm. uh, so many people have been influential. Like, I can't, it's, it's like, for people that know, like I updated that book consistently or for people just to thank them. Uh, and then one of my coworkers, he said he he got inspired by actually Mr. Santa who interviewed yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. He actually, um, before the podcast came about again, he saw my book and he saw his name in print in there. And that's what inspired him to start the podcast again. Oh, bro, that's so, awesome. So I, I feel like, you know, honored that, People seeing their names in there, it gives them an extra boost. So I'm I'm happy that that occurs because I I, I really you know I really appreciate people. You know, I, it's hard to to thank everybody, but I really do. So if I forgot somebody, it's not on purpose. It's almost like at a point, like I was like, I feel like copying that thank you for every book I do and keep. <laughs> and then it's gonna be like, why is three quarters of this book? Thank yous. Mm -hmm. And then quarter <laughs> this guy with his one quarter of a book and three quarters of thank yous. All right, all right. I almost felt um, like that. I think the next the next one I, I'm really just gonna say just thank thank you know thank certain people, but I can't mm. I don't know if I do the same lengthy one I did before, but yeah. I just felt like it's the first book and to get to that point is so many factors and, and people that have inspired me and you know so meeting you. In, be in the midst of doing the audio version mm. and knowing that I could update the the uh, book, it it only was right, you know, because on the audio version, I can't thank you. You know, you can't do nothing on there. They have a certain particular parameter. Mm. So um, I, I think it's only right to to do that, you know. So I try to go all out for, for people that are friends, you know. Appreciate you, bro. You're so inspirational and honestly, Whenever that audio book drops, I can't wait because I feel like I feel like I wrote those rhymes. I think I've memorized yeah, right. I memorized track one all the way to track. Yeah, and I think Bro, you know, it, it was too. an honor. <laughs> um, it's a different type of book. So some of the issues that's holding the book up, I'll give an example. I had actually a freestyle at the end, yes. and they said I couldn't do a freestyle. Right. So I had nixed the freestyle at the end. Like I was right, trying to right. do things in this audio book for like change it up. They was like, no, you can't do that. You know, this doesn't do that. And then then you'd fix it and then they're like, you need to cut three seconds off the end. You need to add one second here. Then I then then my boy that's helping me do it, you know, Franklin Grant, his father's like a well known um 
engineer and mixer and stuff. He used to do like Mariah Carey, all this stuff here. So I trust him to mess with it, but he's out here now shooting like love and hip hop. And But I gotta oh, be really? patient. Yeah, I gotta be patient though, you know? Like, right, right. so it is what it is. Cause I trust oh, him yeah. to do it and then he'll do it. And then when it's done, it's done. But, uh, but, but I can't let that stop me. So that's the cool thing about like having book two. That joint might come out, maybe they drop together or the audio versions. And I was like, you got both. So I just gotta make sure I keep going, keep going. Okay. Uh, when's the album dropping just before we wrap it up? Uh, you've got a couple of projects coming. Yeah. Um, uh, any that you can just drop or uh, what's what's coming up? You've got a new album, is it a collab yeah. or is it this one a solo is solo album? Yeah, it's solo, me and Kells, me and Kells with the heat. Um, and then I got an album with Superstition. That's like shout, shout to Superstition. He 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 had COVID and he said it was he posted it was the hardest thing he ever had to go up against. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad he's doing well. And um that'll probably drop maybe I don't know, maybe end of the year, maybe next year or so. Mm-hmm. Depends on where that is. But right now it's the next solo album that I'm excited about with these songs I got. Like I think it may be like a 10 song album. And that's it. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a, a song. I probably let me see. We can upload once we once we cut off here. I probably just upload it for you and all that. Okay, bro. Um, honestly, words worth. It's an honor, man. Like I have like a million more questions, but like I I, I hear you. I know you're busy as I like. Yeah, we got a bit carried away there, huh? But no, you know, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, all the best, uh, you know, blessings for what, what's left um, in the year, what, um, you know, book projects coming up, music, you know, I look forward um, to hearing what's coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to send you, I'm about to send you some. Okay, we're good.